I need to say just a few things as the deacons are coming forward. The Lord's Supper is reserved for believers only. And so we would invite you to join us in participating in the Lord's Supper only if you meet these qualifications. And here's the qualifications that we ask that you meet. First of all, we ask that you have, re- that you have repented of your sins and that you've believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your only hope and your only Savior. We ask that you have been baptized following your conversion. And we ask that you're a member in good standing of a local evangelical church or in the process in good faith of looking to be a member in such a church. And if you meet those qualifications, you're qualified. You're a professor of Jesus Christ. And we come to feast on, the, on Christ and on a, a remembrance of his work. And then let me say one, one more matter just as a way of reminder. When the elements are passed out, uh, remember that the wine is on the outer ring and we have juice in the middle. Uh, if you have an issue of conscience with the wine, you can find the juice in the middle of the, of the, of the plate. <clears throat> well, let me just say a few things before we participate. We have two elements in front of us. We have the bread and we have the cup. The bread represents Christ's broken body. It represents his death on the cross. The cup represents the new covenant that his death on the cross purchases and secures. And we have the word of the apostle that reminds us that we're to participate in this meal in light of the fact that the Christ that we are feasting upon is alive. He rose from the dead. He died for us and he lives again. But brothers, in light of the sermon that I just preached, I think the most helpful, for us to, the most helpful for, uh, thing for us to remember this morning as we remember Christ in participating in these elements is his substitutionary sacrifice on the cross. <laughs> and I know you've heard this term before, substitutionary atonement. It's the heart of the gospel that we preach. And the message is, is that we are desperate sinners. We are desperately wicked, and we deserve God's wrath. We deserve it in full. We deserve to be damned. We deserve to die, and we deserve to be tormented in hell forever and ever. We deserve God's wrath. But what God has done for us in his mercy and his love is he has provided his own son, the Lord Jesus, to be a a substitutionary atoning sacrifice. To say that he's a substitutionary sacrifice is to say that he stands in our place. To say that he's a sacrifice is the idea that he went to the cross in our place and he bore the wrath of God. Although we deserve to die, Although we deserve God's wrath, Jesus Christ went to the cross to endure the punishment that is due to our sins, to endure the wrath of God, and to endure the punishment of our sin. And this is an atoning sacrifice, because in doing so, he satisfied God's wrath. He has met the demands of the law in terms of the punishment that is due to our sins. And he has purchased for us peace and reconciliation with God. He has purchased for us the forgiveness of sins. And there are many more things that we could say because in doing all of this, not only does Christ pay the penalty of our sins, but he does so in obedience to the will of the Father. And he came and he lived a perfect life that led up to his death to do the will of the Father. So that in Christ, not only do we receive the removal of our sins and the wrath and the punishment that's due them, but we receive Christ's own righteousness to ourselves. 
And in receiving forgiveness of sins and the righteousness of Christ, we receive everlasting life, peace with God, reconciliation with him, a life of holiness and righteousness promised to us, secured to us, which we already begin to share in in our sanctification now and will share in forever and ever in perfection in the world to come in glory. And that's what these elements represent. Christ's broken body, his substitutionary atoning sacrifice. He has stood in your place if you're in Christ Jesus. He has borne the wrath of God. He has borne your sins. He has buried them. He has put them to death. (laughs) And he has raised again in glory to secure for you your justification, forgiveness, eternal life, and reconciliation with the Father, which is what we drink to in the supper. So having said all of that, let's go to the Lord in prayer once again and ask him to bless our participation in the supper and our remembrance of Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the substitutionary sacrifice of our Savior once and for all, atoning sacrifice. We thank you that it's a finished work. We thank you, dear Father, that the Lord Jesus, in obedience to you and in bearing your wrath, has defeated sin for your people forever. He has broken its power. He has put it to death. He has secured for us eternal and final victory in the world to come. And we thank you for our Savior. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins. We thank you, dear Father, for this glorious message that because of Christ, because of his sufferings and his death and his subsequent resurrection, that we have peace with you and reconciliation with you and a renewed sense of fellowship with you. And we have new hearts that rejoice in you and that love you and that desire now to put away our sins and to obey you, and to walk in the right way, and to put off this old depravity that still clings to us. And we do so, Lord, not just with the desire, but the assurance that the day is coming swiftly and quickly when that old sin nature will be put to death finally in the world to come. And we will walk before you all the days of our life in holiness and righteousness and peace. Lord, help us to remember these things. Help us to feast upon our Savior because we have these things only in Christ Jesus. And help us to eat his his body and help us to drink his blood for your glory and for our good. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.